Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Sarah, I always initially think of the Jaws theme when I hear your name because you're always giving me such bad news about coronavirus. You're going to need a bigger boat. But then I start hearing a kind of happy whistle. You know, I'm seeing that they're hopeful about more vaccinations. Tonight, the president says he's hopeful Americans who want a vaccine will be able to get one by spring. I think it'll be this spring. I think we'll be able to do that this spring. And I'm hearing Bobby McFerrin. I'm just like, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> I feel confident that uh, by summer we're going to be well on our way to heading toward herd immunity. But then I hear, you know, that states are running out of vaccines. Efforts to vaccinate the population are starting to hit a wall with some states running out of doses, including Florida. And there are now new, worse variants. New analysis has confirmed that the new variant of coronavirus has a much quicker transmission rate than the original strain. And I'm just straight back to Jaws. Also tonight, growing concern over the vaccine supply in the U.S. And will the vaccines work against these new variants? Except now I guess there are mutant variant sharks coming at me too. (laughs) I think we may have another shark problem. Are you serious? You bet I'm serious. I just hope by the end of today you can give me at least some clarity um, on how I feel about all this. I know, it's a roller coaster. I'm not even sure what my theme music is right now, to be honest. (laughs) There's a lot going on. (laughs) The extent of the crisis in front of President Biden was underlined overnight when the United States surpassed 25 million cases of coronavirus. People lining up at mass vaccination sites across this country from here in New York to a 24-7 site in Phoenix, Arizona. He set an original goal of 100 million doses in the first 100 days. Do we think we can do it? Absolutely we think we can do it. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, from the variants to the vaccines, Sarah Overmall on the challenges ahead in the fight against COVID. So there is a lot going on with the virus right now, um, with vaccines, uh, with new variants. And I want to start right now with the new variants. What exactly are they and how worried should we be? So it's common for viruses to evolve and have new variants. This is how they survive. Uh, Scientists did expect this to happen with the coronavirus. It's that we're learning about the way that these viruses have been evolving and the new challenges they could present to us. So the ones that are on top of uh, most people's minds are one that was found in the United Kingdom, which regulators there say appears to be more transmissible than the original COVID-19 strain. Some evidence that the new variant of coronavirus spreading across the UK could be more deadly than the original strain. The government's chief scientific advisor, Sir Patrick Vallance, said there's a lot of uncertainty around the numbers, but it is of concern. That one has the very catchy name of B117. (laughs) Um, Then we also have a strain that was found in South Africa, with the other catchy name, B1351. So you can see why people aren't really referring to them by those (laughs) names. Um, The problem with that one is, as Moderna, one of the main vaccine makers with authorized shots right now, said earlier this week, is that the antibodies produced by their vaccine are a little bit weaker 
uh, when they are exposed to the South African variant. And so it's important to note that that doesn't mean that their vaccine is ineffective. It's a strong enough vaccine that it is still protective against the virus. But as Moderna said on Monday, they just worry about how long the effect could last. If there's a chance that it fades faster, that immunity goes down quickly with the South African variant. We don't know that yet. That's why there's more research being done. And that's also why Moderna said out of an abundance of caution that they are going to be testing a booster shot to answer those potential challenges that emerge with this new variant. Do we know how long that could take? That's a really big open question, and I think one that we're going to be learning more about as the weeks go on. So they can quickly find out how effective in the lab that booster is. I was talking to a vaccine expert, Paul Offit, yesterday, who said that it is easy to construct these new booster shots, so to speak. The hard part's what comes next. So we have to have clarity from regulators at the Food and Drug Administration about how much research they would need for those boosters to get cleared. It's obviously impractical for those boosters to go through the months-long trials enrolling tens of thousands of people that the original vaccines went through, especially when they're essentially altered versions of those original vaccines. But the question is, how much do we compress those trials? When do we say the bar has been hit for being safe and effective? That's something that FDA is working out. And then there come all the other challenges that we've already faced with the original shots that we're learning of as we go, including uh, distribution challenges, administration challenges, and how that could possibly be complicated when people are scared of these new variants and, and think that there's something else going on that might make them more worried about these booster shots. When again, we expected that there would be mutations. It's just that this one is coming up on us just as we are starting a very ambitious rollout plan for vaccines. How can people protect themselves against these new variants? Like my partner the other day said we should, you know, always start wearing our best masks. I guess we're at the point now where we have different <laughs> different tiers of masks in our possession. Um, A little mask closet that we go into. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that the right thing to do? Like, does that work against these? And, and like, if it does, what else can we do to protect ourselves? It is the right thing to do. So um, that really relates to the more transmissible virus that's been found in the United Kingdom, but also to any. So we need to basically be staying vigilant. And why that, why the mask wearing, why other public health measures like social distancing matter so much is that we already know that the UK variant is in somewhere like 20 states right now. We don't have a recorded case of the South African variant yet, but that could just be because we haven't tested for it. By all likelihood, that's going to be here soon as well. We also just had the first reported case of another variant from Brazil in um, Minnesota this week. So the strains are here. What we can do with the mask wearing, with social distancing, is do as much as we can to limit their spread while things like these booster shots get worked out and while questions are answered about whether these viruses really do render vaccines less effective or if they are more deadly. So I know that we've already been in a year of this and people have kind of almost developed a level of immunity towards these public health measures, but we kind of have to stay vigilant to curb what we know is going to be a problem. We're, we're buying ourselves time. And if that sounds like exactly what was said last year with, you know, bans against Chinese travel, <laughs> that's where we are again. Yeah, buying ourselves time and the currency is masks. <laughs> yes, yes. And also other travel bans, to be honest, because now President Joe Biden has reinstated some bans against European countries and invoked a new one against South Africa to try to curb the spread. 
said. So we really are back where we were a year ago, except that we do have effective vaccines that we are rolling out that are growing day by day in terms of how many people are getting them. Well, to get back to the vaccines, what do we know at this point about supply and production? Because I feel like I've seen super mixed messaging lately, like hearing about governors and mayors saying they're running low on vaccine doses, they don't have enough. The demand is much greater than the supply currently available. We need the vaccine. We need it delivered like people's lives depend on it. And then hearing President Biden saying they, you know, want more ambitious vaccine targets like 1.5 million daily. I think with the grace of God and the goodwill of the neighbor and the crick not rising, as the old saying goes, I think we may be able to get that to 150, uh, 1.5 million a day rather than 1 million a day. Um, Where are we actually right now? Uh, there's a lot of answers to that question. So where we are in terms of daily shots administered is roughly 1 million. As, as Biden said, he wants to up that. Um, that 1 million looks very different across the country. Um, like you said, there have been governors and state and local officials complaining that they are running out of shots. Um, there are some like West Virginia who have already vaccinated the long-term care facility population while some states are completely lagging behind in that department. So it's a different picture in different places. And what vaccine makers are producing is is also playing a role in that. So Pfizer and Moderna both, of course, those are the two that have the authorized shots right now, under-delivered on vaccines at the end of last year when they were authorized. So we already kind of started a little bit behind on what we expected we would have. Now, Pfizer has said that because of this surprise sixth dose that's in every vial, it actually can sort of over-deliver this year. And that's because they filled their vaccine vials that were supposed to be for five doses. They overfilled them, which is a common thing that happens to prevent against waste and spillage. Um, but they overfilled enough that there's actually a sixth dose in each of them. Um, that could up supply by 20%. So on one hand, that's very good news. On the other hand, it only has an extra dose if you use the right kind of syringe. So you've got to get more syringes. Um, and then you have what's going on now, which is administration challenges in these states. So besides there being low supplies, there are states that aren't using up all of their doses as they come in or that are struggling to get them to the right people. And so these are all things that Biden is keeping in mind and, and things that he brought up when talking about his vaccine distribution plan on Tuesday. Uh, he promised that he'd be getting more doses to states, which will be welcome relief for those state officials, but also about the challenges in getting them distributed and administered to people. And that's in line with what he's been talking about since earlier this month before he was president um, about needing to mount a huge public outreach campaign, needing to have more administration sites, and needing to think about how we vaccinate the whole population against this virus. What about Johnson and Johnson? Because I know when we've talked in the past, you've sort of said like that could be the determining factor for figuring out, you know, when and if we can get the entire nation vaccinated. Where are we with that vaccine? So that's one reason why I shouldn't have Jaws music, because <laughs> the news for that vaccine is expected within the week. Uh, it's really important because if it's effective and safe, we suddenly have a single dose option. So that's going to be able to get out to more people, because if you have 20 million doses, that's 20 million people. But also, it will be really, really useful for vaccinating people who are medically vulnerable, who are skeptical or who are hard to reach because they're just going to need one shot. Um, that's going to go a very long way towards, like you said, vaccinating 
all of America. And so Biden officials have said that based on the Pfizer and Moderna doses alone, they feel that their first 100 days goal is achievable. But 100 million people is just a slice of America. And there's a lot more people that need to get vaccinated. And it's in some ways only going to get harder because we're going to start to look out into the broader population and on those people who are hard to reach or who are not really going to be standing in line waiting for their vaccine. That's where something like the single dose is really, really important. So let's say in the coming days when we get the Johnson & Johnson data, it looks great. What do you think that means for everyday people getting vaccines? A lot of that is going to depend on what we see in their data. So if they come out over the next few days, this is a pure hypothetical, but if they come out with data that say um, this is really effective in older people or on the flip side of that, this is really effective in younger people and actually there are some health concerns for older people, that's going to dictate what the FDA issues um, an emergency authorization on. And it's going to influence then how federal and state health officials begin to dole out that vaccine alongside the other ones. Right now, of course, we know that the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are very effective and are very safe. And so if there are things about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that, that give it a little different profile there and make it better for a different population, then it is pretty likely that you and I will be getting the single dose shot. All right. I think you've given me some clarity. And that is, uh, I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed for Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> yes, we're rooting for Johnson & Johnson. Because, I mean, if anything, um, whatever data they give us, they're still also, if the data is good, if it's safe and effective, adding another shot and millions more doses to the national supply. So you could be seeing your name coming up sooner than expected um, as the rollout continues. Sarah Overmall. Thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. And I'm going to keep thinking about what my theme song is. I'll have an answer next time. <laughs> also today, the conviction of former President Donald Trump continues to look unlikely after nearly every Senate Republican declared that putting a former president on trial for impeachment is unconstitutional. The procedural vote, which was forced by GOP Senator Rand Paul on Tuesday, underscores the significant hurdles facing the House's impeachment managers. Just five Republican senators, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, and Pat Toomey, voted with all 50 Democrats to affirm the trial as constitutional, allowing it to move forward. In order for Trump to face punishments, including being barred from holding federal office in the future, two-thirds of the Senate, or 67 senators, must vote for conviction. And a federal judge is blocking the Biden administration from enforcing a 100-day moratorium on most deportations. On Tuesday, a U.S. District Court judge in Texas issued a temporary restraining order saying, quote, The January 20th memorandum not only fails to consider potential policies more limited in scope and time, but it also fails to provide any concrete, reasonable justification for a 100-day pause on deportations. The move marks the first major setback to Biden's immigration agenda, which is largely focused on undoing the Trump administration's controversial immigration policies and securing an overhaul to the U.S. immigration system that former President Barack Obama failed to do. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And to stay up on all the latest ins and outs at the White House and in Congress, 
be sure to sign up for our revamped Playbook newsletter, your unofficial guide to official Washington at politico.com slash playbook. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.